1: You know, so, uh, man, I'll take me, you, you no. me, and you off the damn clip. Keep messing with me. Yeah.
2: All right, then it'll be what? Two bitches in the seat, huh? Yeah. Is that it? Is that what you want? Shut up, man. Yeah.
0: I'm a bad boy. Bad boys, bad boys. What, what you gotta do, do? What you gotta
1: do? It ain't gonna play. Welcome to the party, pal. Action movie reviews with Mackie, Judd, and Rami. Get to the chopper. Yipikai, mother.
0: We're your new neighbors. Don't be alarmed, we're Negroes. No, oh, man, no, that's too much bass in your voice. That's
2: scared white folks. You got to sound like them. were wondering if we can borrow some brown sugar? You fart. No, man, digger. Trying to pin something on me. Well, I'm always taking it for you, right? Do it for me. Now, if we get this witness to ID the shooters, maybe we catch our bad guys. But until then, until then, you are Mike Lowry. You be him. That's what you are. You're him. You're him. I don't want to hear it. You're him. And you, you, you are you. You be you, but not in front of her. You're him. You're you. Ah.
1: <laughs> <laughs> and welcome, in to Action Movie Rewind Friday here on Mackie and Judd. Where we do deep dives into action movies. That's pretty much it. That's what we do. And we've done 23 of them to this point, leading us to the 1995 classic. Will Smith, at the end of his Fresh Prince run, getting into cinematic adventures for the first time. Bad boys. Will Smith, Martin Lawrence, Taylor Leone, and John Sally making an appearance in this movie, if you notice. Playing the nerd computer hacker guy toward the end. <laughs> I did. It's kind of funny. I
0: didn't notice that. I. That's right.
1: Yeah, I just tried toward the end. He had the yeah, weird, weird glasses that on. was good. Yep. So this was Declan's choice, and uh, I'll read you the summary here. Mike Lowry and Marcus Burnett are two Miami cops who watch as $100 million in seized mafia heroin from the biggest drug bust of their careers is stolen out of the basement of police headquarters. This puts... Them hot on the trail of French drug lord Fouché, who leaves a trail of bodies in his wake and only one witness, Julie Mott, who quickly teams up with our heroes. Comic hijinks ensue when plot complications force Mike to impersonate the married Marcus to the point of moving in with his wife and children while Marcus takes over Mike's bachelor pad and lifestyle. 42% 42% on Rotten Tomatoes. A $19 million budget turned into $141 million at the box office. It was It's worth noting here, it was produced by Jerry Bruckheimer and Don Simpson, who also produced Beverly Hills Cop, Top Gun, The Rock, Con Air, and other huge movies throughout that period. And it was directed by Michael Bay, who also directed The Rock, Armageddon, mm-hmm. Pearl Harbor, and Transformers, the entire Transformers series. So... You had some big, heavy-hitter Hollywood directors and producers trying to uh, carry forward the buddy cop mantra here. So let's start with Judd Zolgad. What was your most memorable part, I guess, of Bad Boys? Well, first of all, Declan Goff, congratulations. Bravo. This was a fantastic pick. Um, Thank you. You made amends. amends. Mine
0: Mine is incredibly simple, but absolutely key to the assignment. The action. It never ended, which was great. Like that is that is a quick two-hour watch. Um, the violence is at the beginning. The violence, basically. I mean, look, mm-hmm. the dialogue is good. The acting is actually very solid. It's good, but, but I mean, it's, it's, it's very yeah. solid. But Ooh. but to me, what I loved was there was no let's set this up, like let's have this. they they, they actually got you introduced you to the cops. Through violence of them, what being carjacked at the beginning. Yeah. So I just I love the fact that they did not dilly dally around and try to be cued and be like, well, we're gonna have some, we're gonna overwrite some of these scenes, and then we're gonna, uh, you know, have some action here. No, 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 they got right to it. Um, it didn't always succeed perfect perfectly, but for the but for the genre of what we're trying to get at, I thought it was a just a perfect example of. Um, Miami sun, good dialogue, some, some certainly sexual tension and bang, just get right to it. (laughs) Loved it.
1: I Uh, loved it. Declan, what stood out the most to you, bad boys?
2: Uh, I just love the like classic one liners between everyone in the movie. Obviously like Martin Lawrence and Will Smith have like their own, but even the other two cops, like the other two schmo cops and stuff. Like I remember there's one I wrote down where they like they're passing early in the movie and goes, man, you're cold. Yes. Yeah? So it was your mama's bed. Like it was just like <laughs> there was this hilarious one liners throughout the entire course of the movie. I'm going to play. Uh, a the clip.
1: Cap- let me play a clip Go here. Is it, it the robbing the gas station one? If I remember right, you have this yeah. one.
2: Wait. Hey, freeze.
0: You bitch. Freeze, bitch. <laughs> oh, shit. Now back up. Put the gun down and give me a pack of tropical fruit. licious and some Skittles. <laughs>
2: <laughs> yeah, It's so good. It's so good. So I, I love just the, the dialogue. Uh, and also Tay Leone, pretty, pretty good. Oh, you're in, into Ta Leone? I, I, I was a big fan. Was, was she, fan. was
1: she married to the guy from X-Files at this point? That is correct. Oh, you're already jumping to some of my, uh, some of my fun <laughs> facts from this movie. I didn't even look at, at the, uh, she, she was married. married yeah. She was married for like 15 or 20 years to David Duchovny yeah. from the X-Files. Really? Yes.
0: Great. Call. And she was a big deal back then.
1: Yeah, she was yeah. in some. I mean, like this she was, was a lot of her, films. This is probably her peak, though, right? I mean, Bad Boys is one of the most. She was in. That's all, a good I believe she was in all the Bad Boys movies, wasn't she? Mm-hmm. And there's what three of them? Yes, and the thir- the she... third one just came out earlier this year, right before the pandemic yeah. hit. It came out in like January, so I, I think I'm it got to watch it. It got like six or eight weeks of of run before COVID hit, but it definitely it definitely um, came out. So what's yours, Mackie? Well, I thought this was an amazing movie, and. I think my favorite part about this movie is just like, and I don't mean this in an insulting way, it just proves how formulaic, and it's a great formula, buddy cop movies are from this time period. From like, basically from Beverly Hills Cop to Lethal Weapon, and some have a little bit more comedy, some have a little bit more, uh, you know, like Lethal Weapon's a little more violent than Beverly Hills Cop, but, but these Beverly Hills cops, you know, bad boys, buddy cop movies are all just hilariously the same, and that... And I like literally wrote out the formula here. You've got the comic relief cop, who's kind of the loosey goosey guy, and that's Will Smith. And then you got kind of the straight man cop, right? Who's kind of funny too, but he's, he's like a family guy. Yes, sir. And lethal weapon, it's the same way. Beverly Hills Cop, it's like you got the two straight man kind of white guys, and you got, uh, and so a lot of times it's a black and a white guy. In this case, it's 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 two black guys. Mm-hmm. Uh, you got the police chief who is always mad and yelling at people. That's which this guy was. Which,
0: by the way, this guy was great at.
1: Yes, like and he had played a the role Stogie in every
2: scene. Yes, you're not on me. I'm always taking it for you. Right? Do it for me. Now, if we get this witness to ID the shooters, maybe we catch our bad guys. But until then, until then, you are Mike Lowry. You be him. That's what you are. You're him. Yeah. You're him. I don't want to hear it. You're him. And you... <laughs>
1: <laughs> and he's, he's he's ripping a heater and shooting left-handed free throws like I do. <laughs> you was shooting like
0: I shoot. He was <laughs> yeah, he was right. heaving the ball. I loved it.
1: <laughs> and then so you've so you've got the comedic relief buddy cop. Got you got you know two different personalities. You got the the police chief who's always mad and yelling at people. And then you've got some sort of a drug or murder case that requires the cops to always go either undercover or rogue from the department entirely. <laughs> Always, oh, yeah. always part of the formula. Yes, yeah, that's so true. So those those things, and it's like they can rehash that formula and just put in whoever the hot actors are at that time. In the early to mid '80s, Eddie Murphy coming off of Saturday Night Live, Mel Gibson. Mel Gibson, y- you're
0: right. Danny Glover, you're
1: right. And we'll get to we'll get to who some of the other options were to fill these roles. Okay, but at that time, Martin Lawrence, and Martin Lawrence was in. I believe his first movie was a Spike Lee one of the Spike Lee movies from the late 80s early 90s I can't remember which one but but he was starting to take off he had his he had Martin which was one of the most popular shows in the 90s and then obviously Will Smith was one of the most popular TV characters so like it could have been anyone from any era it could have been Kevin Hart if it was 20 years later and we saw that play out yes. so I think my favorite part of this was just how like it it did justice to the buddy cop formula that we have grown used to and it's not shocking that the producers we're very well versed in that formula. So uh, all right, what else? What what was um what were some of the things that uh, stood out to you guys? Go ahead. Declan, why don't you go ahead?
2: Yeah, Judd, did you notice who played Chet the doorman? Do you know who that was?
0: I so familiar. I knew I knew who he was, but I didn't google it. Who was it?
2: So, uh, and Mackie, I'm not sure if you're caught up, but on the latest last season of Curb Your Enthusiasm, oh, okay. a great okay. antagonist okay. named Mocha Joe. And that's that's, right. that's Chet. That's the same guy. And I thought that was hilarious too, because I was thinking the same thing. I was like, "Man, this guy sounds right. so familiar." And it's Mocha Joe from Curb Your Enthusiasm, which is like Larry's biggest nemesis in the latest season. Um, yeah, I, I loved all the character actors. I thought they were fantastic in it.
1: <laughs> that's
0: right. That was Mocha Joe because I kept it and that was a great character. That was absolutely totally. hysterical. Uh, I love and and this is true of a bunch of films from that time period. But I love the evolution in the
1: 90s of the cell phone or
0: cell phone tracking. <laughs> and, and like, they, they reference
1: like, pagers in this movie a lot, too. Right. Yeah.
0: But I mean, like the tracking thing is, yeah. oh, and we can identify exactly where he Like now it's like it pinged off a tower. Right. But then I'm glad you brought that. Scene I love up. the cell phone.
1: So they call that. They call the bad guy and they cut to the they cut to the bad guy in the backseat. So the strategy is, all right, the authorities are going to call this cell phone. Yes. He's going to answer it, and then we'll be able to trace him. Right. And of course, like who answers an unknown number, especially when you're in that situation, you're trying to get away from the authorities. And he answers the unknown number, and they got him in that spot. I will
0: say this: in the '90s, when I first got, so I first got my first cell phone, probably late '90s, early 2000s. I used to pick up calls. Wow. Like that's within the last ten years, probably that. Like if I don't know the number on my cell phone, I'm not going to pick up the call. In
1: fact, isn't it I used of, to pick up my calls. I find it to be wildly irresponsible, and I and I actually like I will deduct points from you as a human if you call me from a number that you like if unless you know that I have your number, and you call me and leave a voicemail. I'm oh. sorry. Like, there is why.
0: Why does anybody in 2020 leave a voicemail? Is my question. It's a great question. Like you could text me.
1: I'd rather you sent. I'd rather you text me a voice memo. Then leave me a voicemail. Or just bail. Is that weird? <laughs> it's a little weird. But just it's a little weird.
0: Just text me hey, what's up? <laughs> Tried to call you. But like why does anybody ever
1: leave a voicemail? Do you ever get voicemails no from to. people that still tell you like what day and time it is? Hey, uh oh, yeah. hey Judd, it's uh Monday at about four thirty. <laughs> let me see here, uh four yeah, yeah. four thirty. Oh, it's about four fifteen yep. or so. Just calling you uh to say uh such and such. Give me a call back. Six one two five 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 five. Yeah, six one two five 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 five. Now I got all that information when you called me. So and, but the best good. part
0: too is we we went from Saved by the Bell with basically the brick Zach Morris cell phone. Yeah. To this was sort of the flip phone, but not the smaller flip phone. Phone still the bigger one where it actually had a panel that you talked into that literally flipped out.
1: And 1995 was from, like, 95 through 2000 was kind of a tough period in that not everyone had cell phones. Right. So you had to sort of figure out, like— I didn't have one in 95. Yeah, I I mean, I was, like, 10 in 95, so I I certainly didn't have one until closer to 2000. But I think, like, you had to figure out, okay, is is this person, when they're out and about, can I get a hold of them? Or do I have to, like, leave a voicemail on their home phone? Think about in 20 years how complicated— or, or how, uh, how much less complicated, I guess, it has become to just get a hold of people. 20, 25, 30 years ago, they had to be home. And you could either call them or yeah. write them a letter or like show up to their house. Yes. But if they weren't home and you didn't know where they were, like if you thought that they were maybe at this restaurant for dinner, you'd call the restaurant and see if they could like track someone down in a booth. But there, you couldn't get a hold of people. Yes. If you're if you were if uh, if there was an accident on the freeway and you were gonna be 20 minutes late for something, like you couldn't tell somebody up until 20, 25 years ago. Anyways. Oh, here's here's one too. I
0: love this part. And it's probably it might be a Bruckheimer staple, but it's still fun. They were in love with blowing things up. Yes. Which was absolutely great. Like an ice cream chuck filled with ether. To what cook the meth or something? I I don't know.
1: <laughs> they get to the airplane hangar and they're and then they literally just have like tanks of ether labeled ether, ether. <laughs> but like but like
0: Jer- Jerry must have been like, all right, here's what we're gonna do, cop buddy, formulate film, but what we're going to have as our trump card to this entire film is massive explosions.
2: Yeah, it's amazing, and, and that's that's classic Michael Bay. Like that is a, that is, is exactly okay. who. Michael Bay is yeah that that's very on and even I would say all the death scenes every single one was so over the top like the the one dude getting blown up in the airplane hangar and those flying bodies on fire going yeah, right. all over the air like all the deaths were extremely satisfying. You forgot
0: your boarding pass and then he
2: blows <laughs> the plane up.
1: Well, think about this. So Michael Bay, M- Michael Bay's biggest movie was Armageddon in terms of like like just the promotion, the fanfare, and everything. So you think about Bad Boys? Let me look this up real quick here. So Bad Boys had—I already said this—but their budget was like 15 million. Let me see here, 19 million. It mm-hmm. was a 19 million dollar budget. Mm-hmm. So in that movie, 19 million got you two of the top TV stars, some other secondary stars, all of the explosions and stunts, and you know, it wasn't like Bad Boys was an independently right. filmed like you know low budget movie. It was a high budget movie, 19 million dollar budget. So Michael Bay plays out his '90s resume into like 1999, whenever Armageddon came out. And I just looked this up. Can you guess what Armageddon's budget was? So 19 million. 19 million for, a bad, for boys? bad Boys. Oh, I'm gonna say. I would yeah, go ahead,
2: Judd.
0: I'm gonna guess it's ridiculous. I'm I'm gonna go. You're probably gonna overshoot now, but I'm gonna go 35 million dollars,
1: Declan. Oh, I, I would say like 70. $140 million. Wow. Okay. Good Lord. <laughs> oh, my God. And it's literally just like, all right, let's get as many celebrity actors as we can That's and true. blow as many things up as we can over the course of two hours and put as many special effects on it as we can. And then see what I happens. feel like
0: I feel like Bad Boys took the blowing up of the plane, I think it was a cargo plane in speed, and was like, we'll show you how to blow up a plane. Yeah. Because, <laughs> like, the plane in speed is a pretty you know, for, for that time period, it's a pretty good explosion. Yeah. But I feel like Bad Boys came along what four years after the fact, or five years after that, and they were like, hey, "Here's how you blow up a plane." Yeah, we'll we'll show you again. We'll we'll do it for you. you. We'll do it right here.
1: Okay, can we talk about the main the main plot line of this movie? Is that <laughs> Mike and Marcus switch places right. because because there's this moment of panic where so so Julie is the witness to this brutal killing. These drug lords have have murdered her friend and this you know drug runner guy. And she's the witness. And, and she also knows that, I believe she knows that one of the guys that got killed was a rogue former cop. And so her level of trust is just like zero. And she knows that her friend, Maxine, is friends with Mike and used to date Mike. And so Mike is the one that she wants to talk to and that she trusts. My first beef with that is if you witness a murder, I don't know if you can be that picky about which cop you talk to. Like, I think you just want to talk to somebody who can help. And so for her to be that picky is, is number one. But how stupid is she to not figure out until the end of this movie that those guys switched places? So Marcus is impersonating Mike. Yeah, they go back to Mike's apartment, and Marcus has no idea where the light switches are. And she's like, "Oh!" And all the pictures are of not of Marcus. And all of the pictures are of Mike, which is hilarious in, in itself. <laughs> she accuses him of being gay, and these are pictures of his gay lover. Yes. And of course, that wouldn't yeah. translate well today, where he's like, "I'm not gay," you know. Um, and then, um, uh, and then the random gal shows up. And Marcus plays it off like, "Oh, it's just my stalker." Like, how does she not figure this out? It's like my biggest beef with this movie is okay. that it's a, it's All a right. very, very shady. This plot. is,
0: this is, I, I think I speak for Declan too. A you problem, okay?
1: <laughs> Why?
0: Because you are looking it's lazy. But there's the got to film... be a better way. No, this isn't. This is an action <laughs> film that's not supposed to be well thought out. It has
1: to be brought up, though. It has well, to. Well, sure, brought
0: but up. but I'm but I'm saying like when 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 I tell Dex, here's what I think the film should be. This is the perfect choice with the flaws. The flaws are what
1: make it so good. I agree. Like, like they but are, the, but I have to bring up the flaws. Okay, yeah. but if they do
0: but but if it doesn't, but if it's not as as to use your term, lazy and sort of mindless. We're looking at 230 here, okay? They basically said we got 19 mil, we got a couple stars, we got more ether than you can shake a stick at, <laughs> and we don't care about the storyline. We got Taya Leone, who at the time was a hot actress, seen as a big deal. So, look, yes, you're right, and I'm totally on board with what they did. Sorry, Dex. All right, Dex, go ahead.
2: Yeah, I, I just have a couple holes in the plot line, too. Number one, the whole intricate tram system in the pipes of that prison like the the whole way they smuggle out all that cocaine or whatever the hell it was it was like the just basement
1: like, of a police you... department right it was like yeah. it was, like, it was like where old, they had all, like all like overnight yes. overnight jail stay until they figure out what to do with you yes
2: yeah. and and they just like know the entire intricacy of this this system that can go nice. and then when you figure out it was the police secretary who was dating the guy i was like wait a minute oh. we're gonna use We're going to use the secretary as like the scapegoat and the reason all this happened.
0: Hey, Dex, if I'm not mistaken, the secretary was Larry David's secretary who, who he offends to the point where she sues him and at the end is together with Mocha Joe.
1: That's right. That's, that's her. Right. So these are this is, and I haven't seen the latest season. So basically,
0: of Curb. Curb, so basically, Curb took sure. two people from Bad Boys, <laughs> which which now now that we've seen yes. it
2: was clearly yes. done on purpose because it's so damn funny. I didn't put that together. Yes, right now. the secretary. Yep.
0: She, she's the one who thinks that Larry's friend is Harvey Weinstein and says, <laughs> yes. you brought that disgusting man here.
2: That's her. Oh God. Yeah. So I, I just had, I just have a couple of plot holes but with that. And yes, like Judd said, it's part of the, the fun and the games, but I was just like, really the police secretary, like that, that's how we're going to figure out yeah. how these guys are bad it's and why they're bringing doing up.
1: it. It's worth bringing up. I'll give, I'll give you another <laughs> one here. All right. All right. So the, so oh. they realize that a hundred million dollars in heroin and hardcore drugs have been stolen. Right. And, and these guys are like undercover and they're, they're bad boys, man. Like, all right, we gotta, we gotta find these drugs. And their first strategy to find the drugs is for Mike to go to his ex girlfriend and see if she knows any newly rich people who have maybe like, you ever see any like new rich people around that look like they're spending a lot of money. Right, but then like, she, got yes, by, she got killed by them. I, I so know. it made
0: perfect sense. Tie it tied all did. in. You're asking too much of these it's people. It's
1: a needle in a haystack, but it, it worked out. Um, so I thought that was kind of funny. Um, what did you guys think of Martin Lawrence's Will Smith impression? I thought it was pretty damn good because he's he's like doing a Will Smith impression yeah. throughout the movie. Yeah, and he nailed it.
0: Yeah, yeah he I was good. That was pretty yeah,
1: good. definitely. I liked
0: it a lot. Yeah. And the the apartment too though is great, and the, the fact that when that when the real Mike comes back and Taya's dog is peeing on <laughs> on his carpet, and he gets really yeah. ticked off, but oh. he can't admit that he is. I, yeah, it was basically, so. <laughs> if you combine all of the elements of this film, I mean, it's got some Stooges to it, right? Like it's mm-hmm. sort of like... Gah, gah, gah. so it's funny. Is like it, it make it, it does it make sense? Absolutely not. But it's funny, and to me, it is. I I judge this exercise partially on how mindless and easy is the watch, and this was about as easy of watch. I mean this this probably rivals like some like Commando as far as just the easiness
1: of the watch. And Commando is probably the most stripped down easiest because Commando is even like 30 minutes shorter than this or something yeah. like that.
0: But but I'm just saying but like yeah. like this was done and I had given it so little thought as to, wow, that didn't fit and I'm
1: offended yeah. by it. It's also worth noting too that, so we talked about uh, Bad Boys launching the career really of Michael Bay as a director it didn't really launch yeah. Bruckheimer's career because he had already been huge in the 80s. But but, it, but you could you could make a fair case that it launched Will Smith's cinematic career. And then I don't remember. Did Independence Day come out the next That's year? That's what I was going to ask yeah. you. Somewhere. Yes, I think, so it I think was, this 96. came out first.
2: The next summer. Yeah.
1: And then, was it Wild Wild West was another one that came out? Like he was yeah. – this was his wheelhouse was for later. getting into mm-hmm. movies. When did
0: Will Smith, as far as films go, stop playing Will Smith and just himself?
1: I, when did he play Muhammad have... Ali?
0: Well, right, cause, yeah. because – in Bad Boys, he's playing himself. Right. I, I think in Independence Day, he is essentially himself. Let me find.
1: Let me. Let me. Let me bring up some Will Smith. Fun Doing the same thing because because Bad he played the genie in Aladdin
2: last year too. That's right. You? But Bad, I mean, he went Bad on Boys, to some great things. The number one and the sequel of it. There's like an eight year gap, and I've I've actually seen the second one. I, this was the first time I've seen the original from start to finish. I've seen like pieces. But there's definitely, yeah, I mean, like, even in the 2000s, like, he's still, like, his Men in Black and some other goofy stuff. But then he, like, by, by, like, Pursuit of Happiness and Seven Pounds, like, you start to see the evolution of he's more of, like, a drama actor than he is just, like, this goofball action hero guy. So
1: here's his filmography. I'm just going to fly through this. So his first ever movie was Where the Day Takes You. I've never seen that. Made in America, Six Degrees of Separation. Then Bad Boys was, like, the first big one in 1995. Independence Day, 1996. Into Men in Black in 1997, and he and continued he's, to, to play himself. Right? Okay. Yep. Yeah. Basically, playing the same character. All right. 1998, Enemy of the State. 99, Wild Wild West. I would argue in in the year 2000 when he played. Have you guys ever seen the Legend of Bagger Vance, the golf movie? No, I, I, have, I have not. A good movie. No. Um. He he plays this sort of. You um, know what you call it. he's he's a case like a wise caddy basically. Okay. So he's hmm. so that's the first where he's kind of playing a character of some kind. God, Ali was in two thousand one. That's nineteen yep. years ago now. Good God,
0: and that was fantastic, right?
1: A really good movie, Men in Black. Then we right. get to the sequels in two thousand two, Men in Black Two, Bad Boys 2 the next year. <laughs> uh, Time to make some money, Phil. Rider Died, Die, Jersey Girl, iRobot, The Seat Filler, Saving Face, Shark Tale, Hitch. He's playing Will Smith. Oh, that's a great Hitch. Hitch. Hitch is fun. We got to do some rom com rewind. I a think fun in, in movie.
2: February, we adopt action movie rewind to rom com re- rewind. Actually, four, J- Judd weeks. brought up
1: a good idea that we keep action movie rewind, but once a month, we deviate from action movies and go into other things sports okay. movie. And it can I be, like it's, it. it's like a wild card. What's so become a Kevin sure. James? Kevin James is oh. still doing. Is he still doing Paul Blart movies? Uh, I don't know.
2: Yeah, and he's like got this own YouTube series where he like he puts himself in the scene of like very serious films, and he's called like the sound guy. I've <laughs> seen this on like Facebook and other. It's like so like it's very poignant scenes. Like there's one in the Joker he just did where he's like he it's this very intense scene, and he's like pretending to be the boom guy. It's called I think Kevin James Boom Guy. Okay. And he like pretends he's in the movie with other people. He Even did That's I Am Legend 2 with with Will Smith. Pretty funny.
1: Uh, Will Smith is also in Anchorman Two. I forgot about that. He made a cameo yeah. in Anchorman Never Two. Never saw Anchorman it, Two. It, and and my favorite, my favorite Will Smith movie is probably I Am Legend. I just it's Same. kind of a dark movie, but I like oh, it. It's so good. 2007 so was a good movie. But
0: I mean, he did start to become a really accomplished dramatic actor at some point.
1: Yeah. And he's been. I mean, he's just been good for like one blockbuster a year. Basically, he just signs up for like one blockbuster a year for the better part of 25 years. Um, What else before we get to some I've got some fun facts here a couple fun facts from the movie here. Do you guys have anything else from the actual movie before we get to some of these other
0: categories. Where where does for both of you where does Miami rank as far as as shooting um, (laughs) locations.
1: It's great. I love it. I mean, it also has kind of a drug lord feel to it because what happened oh, in yeah. like, the cocaine cowboys era. It does. Yeah. So I think it's a, I mean, Scarface, Scarface was in Miami. Like, right? I think
0: it's a lot of fun too, because it's scenic and it's, 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 um, it feels brighter and, and glitzier you, than traditional, like Los Angeles as a location.
1: It feels brighter and glitzier on the surface, but you know that there's a dark underbelly. To oh, it.
0: absolutely. But like the scenic views are better. I think. Yeah, yeah, yeah like
2: pre-COVID, it. Miami was on my 2020 list to get to. Like, I, was, I okay. really wanted to go to Miami, and I still haven't gone. But I've been to Florida numerous times. But Be for yeah, those yeah, drugs It, it definitely there, works drugs. really well.
0: Don't don't start going down there and doing a bunch of drugs and trying to come back. No, I, I, don't, to I don't like those,
2: don't, You know what? You don't got to worry about that because I don't like those drugs. So it's, still, it's totally okay. <laughs> All <laughs> right,
1: my little friend. So fun facts from the film here. Yep. Did you have you guys looked up? This is from Wikipedia. Have you have you guys looked up which two? prominent actors nope. they had okay who would you guess I'll give you guys a few guesses who would you guess this is 1995 who mm. would you guess in the film's early stages of development Simpson and Bruckheimer initially envisioned blank and blank in the roles mm. who would you guess those are
0: Eddie Murphy one
1: I will chime in it, it was two white guys oh okay. wow okay I'll go Bruce Willis
2: that's
1: a good guess that's a really good guess Correct.
2: I swear, uh, if it's if it's nick if nick cage is one of these people i'm going to jump through the window you're thinking that you're you're
1: sort of down the wrong path with both of those guys
0: okay, are we talking okay. at the time younger up and coming stars or
1: not up i wouldn't say they were up and coming one of them for sure was not up and coming john Cusack. no nope. wow no he was because, no
0: him. but i mean he he would translate he yeah. translate yeah. well cuz he he's good at the one liners
1: I, I think saturday night live oh Like Sandler? Nope. Okay. Wait, hold on a second. Um, This was midnight. Like David Spade? You're getting really close here. Not Phil Hart. Not Phil Hartman. No, Farley. You're dancing around it. Farley? Not Farley, but that'd be hilarious. (laughs) Can you imagine Farley in those cars? God.
0: (laughs) Back at that time, Farley trying to fit those cars. I don't know.
1: I mean, I don't know if you guys are going to get these. No. Dana Carvey. Wow. I mean, he was in Wayne's World was huge in the early 90s, For sure. Dana Carvey For sure. and John Lovitz.
0: <laughs> oh, my. No, <laughs> no, yes. no,
1: dude. Dana Carvey and John Lovitz. And then another prominent star at this time oh. turned down the role of Mike Lowry and cites that this choice of turning down the role was the worst mistake he ever made in his career. Arsenio wow. Hall. Turn down the role. Oh yeah,
0: you know what? I I could see that one.
1: Yeah, that makes sense. I mean, he had a sense. huge talk show Boy, at the time. Wait,
0: can we yeah. can we backtrack for a second? Carvey, okay, John Lovitz.
1: Yeah, it's hilarious. Yeah, the, critic? I don't know. the critic, no, no. <laughs> from the cartoon. No, 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 John Dude, it Lovitz. Is it is weird. Like yeah.
0: how would John Lovitz, the only role in that film that any sane casting person would have gone to him with, is the captain.
1: Yeah, he
2: could play the captain.
1: I was about to like say the, the same disheveled, thing. Totally play smoking. Yeah, but, but but he doesn't play like the he could. But the the captain to me, John Lovitz is sort of like w- a weird, creepy comedian, right? He's just kind of got that. He's always right. kind of giving you the side eye, kind of yeah, a thing, yes, right? Yeah, and uh, I don't know, just no. But I'm saying the no.
0: only role that I could see. I'm not saying that's a good mm-hmm. choice. I'm just saying. To cast John to attempt to cast him as one of the
1: main people, <laughs> can you imagine if if Dana Carvey, John, Lovitz did this movie? Oh my! God. I, think ah. I think it
0: would have. I think it would have sucked. Oh, for
1: sure, it like I, mean, I think Will, it would have been awful. And Will Smith would've is this bomb. like multi-generate? Like Will Smith has been over two generations, one of the biggest stars in Hollywood and pop culture. Dana Carvey and John Lovitz were funny as like bit pieces on SNL. Like, I al-
0: like, I also think that. N- not uh, TV-wise, but I also think film-wise, boys, by that point in time, right then, Dana Carvey had probably been typecast as the Wayne's World character Garth. Yeah. L- like, right. if I like if I saw him in Bad Boys on the big screen... It
1: wouldn't have made sense. My
0: first thought no. would have been, that's Garth.
1: Yeah, it wouldn't have made sense. <laughs> 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 like, Actually, how okay. can he be a cop? Wayne's World, but for Bad Boys. Huh? Yeah. Think about it. Michael I mean, Myers... I- I could see Carvey playing like
2: the goofball cop. Like, I, th- there's definitely something there. But if it was, if it was with with the critic John Lovett, that would have been an absolute disaster.
0: I'm with Dex on this
1: total disaster movie. Okay, the other disaster. fun fact Ooh. here, aside from Taylor Leone's longtime husband being David Duchovny from Sorry, the I X-Files. spoiled that. No, I didn't it's even good. Spoil that. I just remembered it. Director Michael Bay did not like the script and often engaged Will Smith and Martin Lawrence in discussions about how the dialogue and scenes could improve. He often allowed them to improvise while the cameras were rolling. So that Skittles line, all okay. of that stuff, that was all improvised. I'm going to play a couple other clips here just for fun. Now, I got a shirt open. You, you, you see, Mike, he half butt naked. Then you, then you see the white girl. So I'm telling you, ain't nobody doing none of that.
0: It's not what it looks like, okay? You, uh, hear what I'm saying?
1: Baby, she's a material witness. That. that's that's real no T- baby Teresa, listen that ain't it was all right listen it was order. man what is this having a picnic in my car man. please man i'm not getting my sex at home don't don't deny me this what are you talking about you sleep with a beautiful woman every night i'm mad that's what married means it means you sleep together but you can't get none. so a lot, a lot of that stuff was unscripted and them just sort of riffing back and forth
0: i, I would argue that the dialogue in this film which was really good I would argue that it it was as close to what um, Lethal Weapon got from Glover and Gibson as you can get. Like It felt like the cadences, the I'm too old for this bleep, or I'm not getting sex at home. It felt very similar, but in a good way.
1: Yeah, it did. And and now that I think back to Lethal Weapon, it felt like a lot of that was improv, too. I think it was. And it's funny that we bring up Curb Your Enthusiasm, because Curb Your Enthusiasm is like 100% improv. It's just, all right... So in this scene, um, Larry is going to oh, a Dodgers man. game with a prostitute. That? Uh, yes. So go ahead. That they basically
0: <laughs> turn the mics
1: on and be like, just go. Yeah, we got to get from here to here over the next three minutes. So you guys do it however you want to. That's some talent. Um, That's awesome. All right, definitive bad guy rankings here. And I think the bad guy is just like the French drug lord. Yeah, right? and, and can I give
0: you my least favorite part first before this? Sure. And now this is not, again, it's not a fly in the ointment here because it just is what it is but my least favorite part and action scene wise it's almost like they had their 19 mil and they they were at 18.7 and they're like we can't do much more boys the budget is going to run out soon it's the end scene with the bad guy and that sort of race where they force the bad guy to crash his sports car and it just sort of crashes, and he gets out and eventually gets shot.
1: Mike, step off. Do it. Do it! He's a joke. <laughs>
2: the a joke.
1: I'll tell you, I love you,
2: man. Yeah, you know, you always be getting emotional after gunfights.
0: Okay, first of all, lethal weapon end scene on Danny Glover's lawn. It's the same thing. Guy, bad guy, last second, still got a gun. Guy sees him, holsters his gun, come bang, bang, bang. But the whole scene itself that he crashed his car, it's like that car has to blow up. Like yeah. he's gotta go gotta into smithereens. Dead. He's gotta be yeah. that 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 car no, there's, has there's, has to hit a fuel truck it, or something. That's
1: part of the buddy cop formula. There always has to be like some rogue coming But anyway back that's by my, the bad guy. I
0: wanted that guy to blow up, partially because they had blown everything up.
1: No, it's not as, by it's that not point. as personal. You can't the, the guy the guy has to die and it you would have, have, have led him to him the great eye. line. Well, he's well done. <laughs> That's the line that you wanted to use? Or? Well,
0: just something like that. Just blow them up. <laughs> I'm telling you, they were at $18.75 million spent, and Bay and Bruckheimer were like, uh, we're going to have to crash that car. We, Sorry. We
1: can't have any more explosions here. So, all right. So the way that he died uh, aside here, the French drug lord from Bad Boys, where does he rank? These are the, the definitive bad guy rankings to this point in Action Movie Rewind. Hans Gruber from Die Hard is number one. Cyrus the Virus from Con Air is number two. Brad Wesley from Roadhouse, Cobra Kai from Karate Kid, Mr. Joshua from Lethal Weapon, Ivan Drago from Rocky IV, and uh, those are your top six. The bottom six from bottom going up, the incompetent Russian military is the worst that we've reviewed from Rambo Three, the muggers from Death Wish, Gans and Billy Bear from 48 Hours, Sloan from Wanted, General Hummel from The Rock, and Bennett from Commando. So where would you guys rank the French drug lord. I think the, the criteria here is is it an iconic bad guy in this case? No. The movie's less about the bad guy, it's more not about, about the, the relationship here. Um and then like what what kind of what kind of effect did they have on the movie? For
0: different reasons, I'm gonna put them right by and I, I don't care if they're above or below um Billy Bear and the other bad guy from 48 hours. Because like First of all, he dies. It's sort of boring. Second of all, he's not really a good, bad guy. Yeah. And and again, I don't care. And I don't care. But, I mean, he can't... I think it's the same thing where it's just this... It's this... we, We need a bad guy. And that guy probably made, like, 12 bucks. Like, his role was not that important. He just sort of yeah, they, smirked at times. They spent all
1: their money on other yeah. yeah other which, they, which
0: by the way, they should have, have done. But I'm going to put him down there, cause, just because I don't think the bad guy in this film was really that important.
1: I'm going to put him uh, right in the same area here. I think I think just collectively, you know, and Declan wasn't here for Gans and Billy Bear last week. Those guys were, it's just, there, there wasn't, oh, that was for 48 hours. I'm sorry. Yeah, Dex um, was, here, Dex for was here for that. I mean, I'm, that I'm mixing yeah. up the muggers from Death Wish. I liked
0: Gans more.
1: I, I, would, I would actually put the French drug lord from Bad Boys, probably third from the bottom, which puts him right between the muggers from Death Wish and Gans and Billy Bear, somewhere in there. Definitely not memorable and certainly not, like, anywhere near the top, but doesn't – but that's fine. Like, that's the role. It doesn't – unlike some of these where, to me, the like, the bad guy ruins the movie a little bit for some of these, it doesn't ruin the movie at all. Like, the bad guys well, played the role that sure. they were supposed to play.
0: I think the smart yeah. thing here is the bad guys probably weren't paid much uh, to act. And so yeah. and but but the good thing was they didn't then go to them and be like, "Well, we need this or or that." It was sort of like that they said, "You're going to get $12 and free lunch for 2 weeks." <laughs> right. Which is fine. Right. Dex, I'm sorry, go ahead.
2: Yeah, I would I would probably have them in the bottom 5. Like i put them around Sloan from wanted or or somewhere around there just because they didn't really do. It. I mean, they, you know, they had a pretty mercifully killing in that early part when they killed her friend and and whatnot. So like, there was some violence from them, but in general, they weren't like conniving or menacing. They're they're in the bottom of the yeah. of, of the tier.
1: So that brings us to the overall one through ten Seagull ranking system here. The uh, the rankings of our action movie rewinds to this point. Die Hard is the only ten across the board. That's our number one movie. John Wick, Commando, all above a nine. The Fast and the Furious and The Expendables at 8.8 composite rating, Roadhouse and Hard to Kill at 8.5, Rocky IV, Independence Day and Point Break all above an 8. At the bottom we've got Bloodsport, Wanted, Rambo 3, Air Force 1 and 48 Hours. So on a 1 to 10 scale, how many seagulls would you give this one? Judge again.
0: I'm going to give it uh, eight Seagulls. Very solid. Oh, wow. Very, very solid. Uh, quick watch. Passed a lot of, of the tests that I put for these films as far as do I enjoy it or not. Is it a classic? Probably not, but it's damn good. The good guys are good. A very solid eight for me.
2: Dex? I would give it a solid seven. Um, I think it's a, a really just good movie overall. And even though I would actually argue there there is a lapse in action from like, the time the friend gets killed to like for like 45 minutes. So there's just like you're building up the storyline of them switching roles. But the deaths are really satisfying. The dialogue's great. I don't know if it like hits all out of the park. Or I don't know if anything really hits out of the park, I should say, with like our action criteria. But in general, it's a
1: good movie. So I would say it's a 7 out of 10. Okay. I'm actually the highest on this. I have it at a 9. Yeah, no, I wow. think it was it's, solid. It was it's very solid, man. It's excellent. I'm it not going to no, no criticism. And I think for a certain generation, you know, I, I actually think it is sort of iconic, and it is it does represent the mid '90s for a lot of people. Do you
0: know what they do? That's absolutely key and gets points. If you ever shoot a fish tank, you get points from me. <laughs> and I believe in the club they shoot a fish tank, right? He, he's he when he when he comes through there from the bathroom. I believe that's a fish tank. It might not be shot out, but he's thrown through it. Okay, I love that. Okay, I know we'll some fish died, but that's okay. <laughs> Sorry, so, Peta.
1: So an, an eight, a nine, and a seven means an average score of eight for us, which puts it in the top ten of action movies that we have reviewed to this point. Here Way you go, Dad. So sure. great choice. Yeah. It puts it right there with Independence Day and Point Break, right below Rocky, Four Hard to Kill, and Roadhouse. So that's good stuff. That was that was that was very enjoyable. It's my turn to pick this week, correct? Yeah. All right. Yeah. So I have like five or six movies that I, I have a big list of like 20. and I've got five or six at the top that I'm going back and forth on some of these. One of them is an iconic movie from the mid-90s. That's it, 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 It's well over two hours. Shockingly, it's like two hours and 20 minutes. I'll save that one for later. Okay. And I'm going to take a theme from early in the week. So I saw my first Star Wars movie, and we commented on the character of Han Solo and how Han Solo compares very much oh, nice. to Indiana Jones. Okay. Oh, hell yeah. And so I want to be careful about violating the, the, the spirit of Action Movie Rewind in that we don't want to just pick great movies and not be able to sort of poke fun at them. Well, Raiders of the Lost Ark is a legitimately great movie. The first Indiana Jones movie is just excellent, up and down. All right. Then they get corny with Temple of Doom as the second Indiana Jones movie. And so we are going to review one of my favorite guilty pleasure movies of all time and one of the corny action movies of the 1980s, Indiana Jones and the Temple of Doom, for next Love week's it. Action Movie Rewind. And it fall, it's under two hours. Never seen it.
0: Oh, wow. I have never seen an Indiana Jones what? film. Never what? seen one. I, no, really? I've never. I'll say it. I've, again, I've never seen an Indiana Jones film. Oh, my goodness. But now okay. I will. All right.
1: Okay, hold on. I'm trying to think of the – Declan, have you ever seen an Indiana Jones movie? me? Yeah, I've seen them all. Okay. So I'm trying to think if there's any setup needed for Judd here. So Raiders of the Lost Ark is definitely a must-watch in terms of just, like, great, iconic movies. Yeah. Um, I don't think you need to see that in order to get Temple of Doom, though. Just know that, like, Indiana Jones is an archaeologist who's got some uh, fighting skills. Yeah. I'll fight. I'll work through it, yes. Okay. go look at it. And if you need to read some background on it, you can oh, read some Oh, I can absolutely...
0: <laughs> Do that as the film goes. Oh, one. Yeah, here it is. One too.
1: Just under. That's, two fine. Hours. that's fine. There's also Play like, like a ten-minute opening credit scene of like. Oh, music then I can and fast stuff, forward, so. no, that's perfect. At, no, you need to watch the opening credit scene because it is important okay. for the rest of the Very movie. Very important. So don't fast forward. Like, in fact, the opening credit scene basically sets the rest of the movie up. Oh, okay. All right.
0: Good to know. So, thank you.
1: Um, so there it is. That's uh, that's action movie rewind here. I'm Mackie and Judd. And another quick reminder that Vikings Vent Line is back on Sunday. Score North Twitter and Facebook and also YouTube.com slash Purple Daily Podcast right after the Vikings-Packers game is over. All right, boys. Enjoy your weekend. See ya.